630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Still a lot to come in the final hour of the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little Eskimos, some other football as well, something pretty unique. I'm looking forward to this segment. We will join in studio. We will be joined in studio by two players from the Edmonton Storm football team, a women's football league. We will uh, get their stories. We'll go to San Antonio. Yes, we're going to... San Antonio, Bill Schoening is the play-by-play voice for the San Antonio Spurs, one of the most successful sports franchises of the last quarter century in North America. Well, probably the world, I guess you could say. He'll join us in about 10 minutes. Uh, But, of course, the Olympic team for track and field for Canada was unveiled yesterday at City Hall. Great event. I, uh, I was able to go to that, and I sat down with Angela White, Edmonton hurdler, she's ready to go to her third Olympics as she made the cut over the weekend. It's a different feeling. Um, I'm in focus mode. Like as soon as I heard uh, that I was on the team, uh, I took a breath and then automatically went into analysis mode. Uh, I think that's just uh, kind of indicative of the evolution of my of my career. So I scraped to get on this team and now I'm thinking of how I need to prepare to make sure that I can try to scrape into one of those finals. So that's a, that's analysis mode for you? It is. It is. Yeah. And I, I think maybe that comes with me being a coach now as well. I'm always the wheels are always turning, which can hurt me as an athlete, but I'm hoping to be able to use it to my to my advantage. So take me through the through the trials this weekend. What were your expectations going in? Oh, to tell you the truth, my my season has been so up and down that I wasn't too sure. Um, I was able to talk to Dr. Penny Wardner. She's our sports psychologist, and she actually was able to bring me back down because I overanalyzed things. And uh, I was able just to take it step by step. Uh, I know how to run hurdles, and sometimes I forget that. So uh, for these trials, I mean, I knew that there are amazing hurdlers. It's not just three of us anymore. There's, like, I think six girls who made standard this season. So... My whole thing was to just focus on the elements of my race that were most likely going to give me the best opportunity to make this team. I mean, athletes are so often asked about managing their bodies and staying in shape and all that kind of stuff. I love the stuff you just said, though, about how much goes on between your ears. Yeah, and I think it doesn't... It helps, but doesn't also help that I, I have my master's in sports psychology. So I'm I'm looking at this from all different angles. But um, once you get to this level, that's exactly what it is. Um, really, when you think about it, at the highest level, there's not much physically that separates us. It's who can keep it together mentally that will get you to the to the finish line first. Yeah. So. Tell me a little bit just about, uh, for you, like, just sticking with it. Like, you're, and I'm going to look, I I hate to bring this up, but you're older than most people on the team. I think I'm the oldest. (laughs) So. Pretty sure. What's kept you going and kept you competitive? Ah, that's a good question, because sometimes I don't know. But I think it's my love for the sport. Um... 
and my spirit with within the sport. Um, I also just don't think that I've really tapped into everything that I could possibly do to reach my ultimate goals um, because usually I put too much on my plate. Uh, but at the same time, if I don't have enough on my plate, then I don't do well. So I'm trying to find that perfect balance of where I can optimally perform at the highest level. Um, and I think also a little bit of it is I want to leave my mark in the sport. Um, Perdita, she's definitely left her mark. Priscilla has left her mark, and I'm chasing them. Uh, but I think, I think making this team might be my mark—the longevity, being able to make three Olympics in an event that's not really tailored towards older athletes. Great. So, what do you do between now and Rio? Train. Uh, I need. I definitely need to clean uh, clean up my form because my poor knee and my poor ankle on my trail leg is bruised so um, I've been watching a lot of video I've had a lot of friends help me out capturing video at my practices um, and so I'm gonna have to sit down analyze and get back to practice and, and to clean up my hurdles so I'm not hitting hurdles uh, and taking away an opportunity to make it to a final are you doing track town this weekend I am yeah so I'm gonna I'm actually going to try to change things up a little bit it might go really well or it might go terribly but it doesn't matter because that's a part of the process is to see what works well that's what I wanted asking me talk about the value of of the up of track town having it here in Edmonton so close to the Olympics as a chance to sort of iron things out and you know peak or whatever you want to call it you know uh, the fact that track town is, is continuing to grow is amazing um, a part of our career is travel and a lot of the meets that where you can get good competition are over in Europe and that's really tough and a lot of times it's just great to stay in North America in in our hemisphere um, so the fact that track town is putting on this meet very very crucial for preparation just to keep working on things before we get to the to the line in Rio yeah in terms of Rio, do you, uh, do you pay any attention to Zika virus, economic trouble, uh, dirty water, <laughs> that kind of stuff? I mean, I've been to so many different games, Commonwealth Games, Pan Am Games, Olympic Games, World Championships. There's always going to be an issue. Zika virus, obviously you're, you're concerned for your health, and um, also I'm at the age where I would like to consider having children, um, but I'm going to take the necessary precautions. I know that I'm putting my trust in medical professionals to keep continue to do research uh, when it comes to Zika virus but I mean anything can happen at any time and there's there's always economic disparity everywhere in the world in Canada in the United States I think what happens is when the Olympics come around it just puts a spotlight on those issues you know if the Olympics were going to be here in Canada we'd find something that something would be a, a, an issue here as well but um, my dreams are, are bigger than those those issues. I, uh, you know, it's not that I'm void of feelings and empathy for people who are living in poor conditions, by no means. But I'm hoping that the experiences that I get from athletics will maybe be able to help me help people in the future with those things. But as of right now, I'm not too concerned about them. I'm aware of those issues. But to tell you the truth, there's always an issue, no matter which games. The next games in Tokyo, actually Tokyo. It'll be interesting to see what issues there are for Tokyo, because Tokyo, pretty fantastic city. But for the most part, every single Olympics I've gone to, there's been some sort of uh, issue, hot topic issue. But that's just the way it is. All right, and finally, I mean, you, you touched on track down being here for you and cutting down the travel and all that stuff, but just 
this today in your city hall. You know, for, I guess that's the way I got to put it. And you know, you get a little extra ovation from some of the other people. What was all that like? Oh, uh, it's really, really special. Um, I love being able to represent Edmonton. Um, I know a lot of the athletes come from Ontario, Quebec, and NBC, and uh, but we do have fantastic athletes in Edmonton, and I like being a role model for Edmonton athletics to keep it growing within the city, to keep Track Town Canada growing. Um, so I think it's important for me uh, to just be able to be that role model uh, in Track Town. And I actually was here when when we unveiled Track Town Canada. So uh, it's really really special, and I hope that I can represent well. That is Angela White going to her third Olympics. Proud Edmontonian. She'll be competing, of course, in the 100-meter hurdle. So uh, more on the Canadian Olympic team and that unveiling yesterday at City Hall by going to the sports page on 630chet.com. Quick timeout, then we'll talk about one of the great ones, Tim Duncan, who recently retired. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Sixth inning, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, American League up 4-2 on the National League. Reed Wilkins with you. One of the greats, Tim Duncan of the San Antonio Spurs, retiring. The play-by-play voice on radio for the Spurs is Bill Schoening. Bill, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. Thank you very much for having me. I don't know how often you've been on Edmonton radio in the past, but something big must have happened in San Antonio for reaching out to you, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, unless the San Antonio Rampage made the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, <laughs> probably hasn't happened before. So, yeah, I guess this is my first time with you, but uh, good to be with you. Yeah, well, San Antonio had a CFL team for a year or two about uh, 20 years ago, too, but uh, that didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, Texas is a big football state, as you know, but their interest were probably in major college football and uh, also in the NFL, not so much in the CFL. Well, isn't that how how you started out? Weren't you doing stuff at uh, at the University of Texas for a while? Yeah, the Texas Longhorns. I was their play-by-play voice. I always say for 36 seasons, Reed, because we did 12 football, 12 basketball, and 12 baseball. So uh, I was very happy to be there in Austin, uh, where the University of Texas is. And here's a little plug for Austin. It's a great music town. So uh, if you folks in Edmonton ever want to go listen to some great uh, Texas music, uh, Austin's a really cool place. You might want to go in the wintertime because it's a little hot in the summer uh, down in the Austin area. But uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs made me an offer in 01 uh, that I simply couldn't refuse, and that included the summers off. So, right. uh, therefore, I have plenty of time to talk to you today, Reed. So, I don't go back to work until training camp in October. Well, that's a good deal. i, I got to ask you before we get into the, the, the this Duncan news and the Spurs storylines, I mean, what's it like broadcasting Texas Longhorns football? I mean, it just I, I just look at college football in the United States, and I think, okay, well, these fans are maniacs. You know, there's... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it it was really a lot of fun because there's so much going on. A game day is like an event, Uh, and you got to get to the stadium very early because uh, at the University of Texas, for instance, uh, there's consistently 100,000 people that go to each game on Saturdays, Uh, and the band's got 350 members and the cheerleaders and the the, uh, tailgate parties. 
So it, it's a full day event. Uh, you're pretty much uh, tired, and, and uh, as they say in Australia, buggered. You're pretty much buggered by the end of the day uh, because it's it's a full day. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It really was, and uh, really good, high quality football as well. A lot of guys uh, go to the NFL from the University of Texas and from the Big Twelve Conference, which is what they were in. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the chance to go to the NBA and work for the Spurs, a great organization like that, and uh, to get a chance to work with a guy like Tim Duncan, I didn't know I'd be working with him for 15 years, but uh, you know, that, that, that was uh, something I couldn't pass up. Well, and Duncan announcing his retirement, and one of those guys in sports, Bill, where, and, and I know they've had other great players, and, and, and I want to get into that, how the organization as a whole, but I mean, you, you look at you know, Derek Jeter, New York Yankees, Tim Duncan, San Antonio Spurs. I mean, he's one of those few guys, his name will always be linked with that one team, right? To be, not only was he a great player, successful era for the team, to me, I mean, I never covered him in person, but just always seemed to come across as such a classy, hardworking guy. What, what was he like? What did he mean to San Antonio? Uh, he means a lot to San Antonio. He's the best player in franchise history, and it's a franchise that's had some very, very good players through the years. Uh, the legendary player back in the 70s, George the Iceman Gervin, who played in the old ABA for a while uh, with the Spurs. And, of course, David Robinson was the predecessor and worked with Tim uh, for uh, several seasons. In fact, they were part of two championships together. Uh, but it's been Tim's team basically since the 0203 season. Uh, really one of the great post defenders of all time. You know, He made the all-NBA defensive team 15 times, uh, which is three times more than anybody has ever done that. Uh, he was an all-star 15 times, all-NBA 15 times, so very consistent throughout his career. Uh, very unassuming, quiet guy, didn't like a lot of limelight. Uh, you know, last year, uh, I- I'm sure a lot of your listeners followed the exploits of Kobe Bryant, who basically went on this whirlwind uh, We Love You Kobe tour, which was great, and uh, he certainly deserved that, you know, 20 years in the league. Uh, but Tim is the antithesis of that. He's the exact opposite. Uh, Tim would much rather avoid the limelight. In fact, they had a press conference today in San Antonio, and Tim didn't make it. <laughs> so oh, the geez. press conference announcing Tim's retirement, <laughs> Tim wasn't there. So uh, uh, he just, uh, you know, they, in fact, even with the announcement that the Spurs released yesterday, uh, there was not even one quote from Tim, like, I'm going to do this, or thank you very much, or whatever. Uh, so I'm sure at some point he'll, uh, you know, be forced to, to speak, and uh, he'll be inducted to the Hall of Fame in five years in Springfield, Massachusetts, and he'll probably have to be forced to go to that ceremony. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he wears a tie. Because uh, I've never seen a guy uh, in all these years uh, working with him ever wear a tie. Uh, we have a, a, an annual fundraiser called the Tux and Tennies, uh, which is a fundraiser for the Spurs uh, Silver and Black Get Back organization. And uh, you're required to wear a uh, pair of tennis shoes and a tuxedo. Well, his tuxedo was a T-shirt that looked like a tuxedo. So uh, that, that's about as fancy as Tim ever got. So a very laid-back guy, grew up in the Virgin Islands and, uh, you know, it was, it was not a real fashion icon. Let's put it that way. I, I, I'm glad you told those stories about him and, and his sort of unassuming nature because, and again, a, a bit from afar here, not being involved in the NBA life like you are, but so many of the star personalities have had those 
big personalities that's and that sometimes vilified them right i mean uh, mm-hmm. uh you know magic was uh, outgoing michael jordan went and played baseball in the middle of his career uh, <laughs> you know uh, certainly yeah, Le- sure. Le- lebron with the decision really divided his uh, mm-hmm. his uh, his audience but, but i mean with duncan where where did that come from was it upbringing was it was it that he had to be that way to fit in with what popovich wanted or where do you think that comes from I think it's authentic. I think it's the way he is. He's a very laid-back guy, uh, and his personality really meshed well with Popovich. You mentioned the fact that Tim only played for one team in his entire career, uh, the entire 19 seasons, uh, but he's also only had the one coach. So we probably won't see that again from a superstar athlete, uh, not only playing for one team, but playing for one coach for nearly two decades. Uh, and they just meshed very well. They were both goal-oriented individuals. They both worked extremely hard. Uh, their goal was not to make the playoffs or to win 50 games. Their goal every year uh, was to win the championship. So uh, everything they did all season long as a team and uh, as a coach and a star player uh, was geared toward that. And uh, they were very, very focused, and I think that's why they got along so well for uh, almost two decades, as I mentioned. Bill Schoening, uh, Schoening joining us, the play-by-play voice for the San Antonio Spurs Radio Network. A word that sometimes maybe gets overused a bit when we talk about pro sports these days, Bill, is the culture of a team, winning culture, losing mm-hmm. culture. But I think when you have sustained success like the Spurs have and commit to doing things a certain way, I think maybe the word culture does apply. How would you sum up the San Antonio Spurs culture? Selfless, I think, would be a good way to do it. Uh, when Popovich brings in a guy, uh, whether it's a free agent or drafts a player, uh, uh, and, of course, the Spurs have had uh, one of the most successful international teams uh, in recent years. They were really one of the first teams to go overseas. They drafted Tony Parker from France. Tony does have a, an American name. He had his American dad, but he was born and raised in, he was born in Belgium and, and raised in Paris. Um, and uh, Manu Ginobili, of course, from Argentina, and uh, the list goes on and on, the number of players they've had from overseas. Even Tim was born in the Virgin Islands. He was not born uh, on the mainland United States. Uh, so uh, they, they had this culture where uh, it's very open, but one of the things that Pop always tells the guys is get over yourself. Uh, it's not about you averaging 20 points a game or making the All-Star game. It's about us winning, and as I mentioned earlier, winning championships. So, uh, therefore, the focus is solely on that. And uh, it, it takes a certain type of guy to fit into that culture, if you will. And uh, that locker room was Tim Duncan's locker room for a long, long time. And only a certain type of player fit in. If you were uh, coming in and beating your chest or uh, giving the opponent a lot of uh, bulletin board material, that's just not the Spurs way. The Spurs don't do it that way. Uh, they're a very humble organization. Uh, the players are really uh, dedicated to helping each other out. Duncan was a great teammate. In fact, Yesterday, with all the accolades going on, all the different interviews with former players, uh, that's the first thing that many of his former teammates said, that Tim was their favorite teammate uh, because of that, because he was selfless, because he would uh, take a moment to counsel them on you know, the best way to cover pick and roll or uh, we're going to be in this offense. He was like a coach on the floor, even though he's a power forward. Usually uh, they talk about a point guard being the coach on the floor, but Tim really was that at the power forward position, which is kind of rare. All right, Bill, and before I let you know, let you go, and look, I know the Spurs had a great season. They didn't quite make it as deep into the playoffs as they want, but, I mean, this is a milestone that, that Duncan steps away. Where do they go for here? How do they sustain or, or stay close to the success that they've had? Is, is this the, the signal that, you know, maybe an era is ending, or, or how do you see where they're positioned? 
Well, I still think they're in very, very good shape, Reed. Uh, when you look at some of the young players in the program, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is 30 years of age. Uh, he's got three more years on his contract. Uh, he was signed as a free agent last year from the Portland Trailblazers. He, he had a very good year. Uh, and they've got Kawhi Leonard, who's the best small forward, uh, especially uh, best young small forward in the league. You know, LeBron James is a small forward, so I guess you'd have to say that he's the best player in the league. But um, uh, Kawhi has won the NBA Defensive Player of the Year twice in a row. His offense has gotten better each year. Uh, he's only 25 years of age, so he's got a very, very bright future, and he's wrapped up for a long-term contract. Uh, Tony Parker is back for two more years, and he's having a very good summer. He just led France uh, to the Olympics, so I know he's looking forward to playing in that. Uh, and they've got some good young players that they're developing right now in the summer league in Las Vegas, uh, Jonathan Simmons and Kyle Anderson. Uh, and they recently signed Paul Gasol, who's had a very good career in the NBA. Um, he's toward the tail end of his career. He's 36 years of age, but I think uh, he still has a couple of good solid years left in him. So uh, even though the Golden State Warriors will certainly be the team to beat with their big splash signing of Kevin Durant a couple of weeks ago, uh, I do believe that the Spurs will be right there and they'll still be re very relevant and they will be contenders once again if uh, – uh, they can stay healthy. Uh, I think that they're going to be right there once again. All right. Well, awesome stuff, Bill. Hey, thanks for making time for us. I know you've been busy. Enjoy the rest of your summer. I read one time I'm going to get up to Alberta. I've been to several of the provinces uh, along the eastern seaboard, uh, and, of course, I've been to Toronto many, many times. But uh, one day I'll get up to Edmonton and I'll give you a holler, okay? Great stuff. I hope you do that. That is Bill Schoening checking in from the Spurs Radio Network. Interesting comments about what has made that team tick for so long. We're going to find out what makes an Edmonton team tick, the Edmonton Storm. Have you heard of them? They're pretty good. Coming up after the news. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, the Eskimos will travel to Winnipeg tomorrow to face the Blue Bombers on Thursday night. Inside Sports on 630 Chad, 4-2 AL leading NL Major League Baseball All-Star Game, which will be remembered, at least in the short term, for the Canadian anthem sung by the Canadian quartet, the Tenors, who have now put out an official statement. If you missed it, here is uh, very quickly what happened. Lyrical change there, obviously, to make a, a statement. Here's, the, here's what the uh, statement that the tenors have put out tonight. The tenors are deeply sorry for the disrespectful and misguided lack of judgment by one member of the group acting as a lone wolf today during the singing of the Canadian National Anthem at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in San Diego. The other members of the group are shocked and embarrassed by the actions of Remigio Pereira, who changed the lyrics of our treasured anthem and used this coveted platform to serve his own political views. Our sincere apologies and regrets go out to everybody who witnessed this shameful act, to our fellow Canadians, to Major League Baseball, to our friends, families, fans, and to all those affected. The actions of one member of this group were extremely selfish, and he will not be performing with the tenors until further notice. That is the statement 
from the group. So Remigio Pereira apparently uh, acting alone in this. And uh, I, I know this was a big topic on the first hour of the show tonight because we uh, I, I was alerted by a couple listeners that it had happened shortly after Inside Sports started. I, I would say the large majority of you uh, didn't like what happened. Uh, John texted in. He says, uh, this boils my blood that these idiots arbitrarily changed the words to the anthem. Years ago, I took an oath to defend this country, its citizens, and all we hold dear. I'm ashamed to call these people Canadian. Disgusting. Uh, well, now we know. Apparently, it was uh, just the one guy, and he's at, at least for now, not in the not in the group. Just a strange story. Just just a, a strange way to do it. And I guess it makes sense because they were not singing together. That was a solo by by Pereira at that time. So I guess he decided he was going to step up and, and make that statement. We'll see what the fallout is uh, as we continue on this. I'm sure Ryan Jesperson will have more on his show tomorrow from 9 to noon. Inside Sports on 630 Chad Reed Wilkins with you. This portion of the show presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Always love having in-studio guests and this is going to be fun. I have uh, two members of the Edmonton Storm football team with me. First of all, middle linebacker Tanya Henderson. Tanya, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm great, and Lindsay Thoreau in studio as well. She's an offensive lineman. Yay. Is that? Can I call you a lineman, or are you a line person? No, I'm a lineman. Okay. It's, it's football. Doesn't matter. So the matter. genders, we don't have to worry about the overly politically correct no, stuff. Definitely not. The position is a lineman. So position we don't, is a lineman, yeah. We don't have to change it. You uh, you play for the Edmonton Storm. Uh, Tanya, I'll start with you. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is a women's football league. You play in the Western Women's Canadian Football League. Uh, Tanya, how did you get into football? It is It is obviously... A, a male-dominated sport. I don't think I'm I'm shocking anybody by saying that. So how did you get involved? That was kind of part of the draw-in. Is like everyone says, oh, it's a man's sport. Women shouldn't be doing it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came across it, I was just really excited. Uh, I just got out of playing basketball, and I didn't really have anything else to do. At least nothing on a competitive level. There was lots of recreational sports, but nothing that you can actually go play to win. So did you get into it like out of high school, out of university or? Uh, it was out of university. Okay. Pretty much. So how did you, was, was it, um, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you guys aren't publicized, but you're not, you know, you don't get the attention of, 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 of a lot of other teams. Was it hard for you to find the storm? How did you discover them? Uh, I discovered them through one of the clients that I was training at the time. She was actually training for Team Canada tryouts, and she was telling me about the team and how it was in Edmonton, and you should come play. And I was like, uh, we'll see. And then I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to go do this. This sounds like a great opportunity, tons of fun, and I did it, and I haven't looked back since. How many years have you been on the team now? Uh, I'm going into my fifth. Were you reluctant to... Um, and I mean, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I, I'm not asking you this because you're female. Because football is a physical sport. I don't care how big, small, what gender you are. There are injury concerns. Was was that was that a like? Oh, I don't know if I want to get banged around that much. Or no, no, that actually probably draw me drew me more. <laughs> well, especially on defense because you get to do the hitting. Uh, Lindsay, you're with us as, as well. You play in the offensive line. What about you? How did you get involved? Um, well, I've kind of been affiliated with football for a really long time. Um, My younger brother played with the West Edmonton Raiders, and so I was a trainer with them. So I kind of grew up always being with football. Um, 
And then when I graduated high school, uh, I found out about the women's football team. Um, I think I saw like a billboard or something about it. So I thought, hey, this is great. Like I've always wanted to play. Now is my chance. So I came out and tried it and I haven't looked back. Right. How many years for you? Um, I've been around the team for a while, but I've had breaks because I had couple of kids <laughs> so I've played so, yeah so I've played six seasons okay stupid yeah. question were you did you ever play pregnant at all or oh did, no. No, no okay no, no. You, I guess you couldn't eh? no you can't like playing pregnant would be so stupid because it, it like you like, said, even, like such... before you knew or something like no we actually like we kind of planned that out really well because okay good. <laughs> right. yeah I uh I ended up being pregnant, like, after season, which kind of was the, the plan. Because, I mean, like, it's okay. such a physical <laughs> like it's such a physical game, right? I mean, it, it would be silly to go in and play, like, put yourself at risk. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been pregnant. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Edmonton Storm. Uh, Tanya, tell me about your season this year. Uh, we had a really good season. We went undefeated in our regular season games. Uh, we won our conference final, and then we went off to play in the championship against Saskatoon, which didn't play out the way we wanted it to, but nonetheless, it was a good experience getting to play in the championship game after especially having such a great season. So, Lindsay, who's who's in your league? Is Are we, are we talking like a, a small league, or is it uh, you know a fair number of teams in different provinces? The league has uh, three different provinces um, that is affiliated with it. So there's uh, Manitoba has uh, their team in Winnipeg. Um, there's two teams there. Uh, and then we have Regina and Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. And then there is uh, Grand Prairie, Edmonton, Calgary, and Lethbridge here in Alberta. Oh, so you got eight teams. Yeah. So and you travel all all around. Um, so we actually travel all over Alberta um, because it's actually split. So oh, the so Alberta they split. Teams, okay. Yeah, the Alberta teams Makes play, sense. and then Saskatchewan, sorry, and Manitoba play together. But it's still, it's not like you're just beating one team to win provincials. Like you got. No, like, yeah. When I could... first started, um, actually, it was just us in Calgary, and it was just like us all the time, and <laughs> like that's all you played. So it's really nice to have seen the the league grow, um, and it's getting a lot more popular so a lot more girls and women are coming out and interested in playing so that means that the cities can grow they can have more teams we can have more um, people to play against so it's, it's just really nice now this is full on uh, 12 on 12 regular regular rules it's not modified to tan you anything like that nope full on yeah um, how how would you how what would you tell people here, here let me phrase it this way you're trying to tell somebody to come to your game. Why should they come? If they like football, you should come and watch us play because we play football. That's the that's the bottom line. There's no reason to try to like sweet talk people to come out and play. If you like football, <laughs> come watch us play because that's what we play. Right. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question here. When you see things like the lingerie football league, does it make you a little mad? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that. Um, there's no reason to take football and sexualize it like they did just because it's women playing. Um, it's actually, I feel like it's, like for me personally, I'm a little bit like offended that they had to sexualize the game just to bring in people to watch women play football. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes down to it, we have a lot of women on our team that are so incredibly athletic mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter if they're, you know, women or not. Like they are just good football players. Because yeah. once you put on those pads, doesn't matter if you're a woman or not you're still playing the game we're playing the exact same game that a man would play it's just 
you know, we're not. Yeah, the lingerie <laughs> football league is selling the lingerie aspect. You guys are selling the football aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, you lost to Saskatoon in in the league final. So I, I know you didn't quite get as as far as you wanted, but it was still a pretty good season because you didn't you didn't lose before that. Who's your chief rival? Everybody in Alberta, I guess. <laughs> Everybody. Um, I want to say. I don't know. Calgary? That's, yeah, I'd say Calgary is probably the one that we have like the most rivalry yeah. against. Yeah. Yeah. How we, much trash talking is there on the field? A oh. lot. It's, oh boy. It's not nice. There's, there's, <laughs> it's not <laughs> nice. No. <laughs> like it's not nice. <laughs> it's always it's always a good time. <laughs> yeah. Who uh, who's a better talker out of you two? Tanya. Tanya, the middle linebacker, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. She's the mouthpiece. Me- she's mean, so. No, are you kidding. mean, Tanya? <laughs> uh, I can be. Put pads on her. She's yeah. mean. Are you mean in real life or no, just I'm in football? No, I'm a really nice person. She's just mean nice. in football. But you got the competitive fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. You Absolutely. ever injured anybody when you hit them? Probably. Mm-hmm. On purpose? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe just a little bit. In the heat of the moment, maybe. Yeah. I don't think you actually go out to try to hit somebody no. or like hurt somebody, but like you just get so into it that yeah, it just sometimes happens. things happen. Right. Yeah. Well, it's fair. Hitting hard is part of the game, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So what uh, what's coming up for the, your season? Ended what a few weeks ago? Yeah. Were so you... what was it? The end of June. End of June. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what's uh, what's next for you guys? Are you doing something this summer? I am going to play for Team Alberta in Saskatoon, which is or sorry, no, in Regina, which is coming up. We have training camp next weekend, and then we're moving into the actual games weekend after. So what other provinces are you going to play? We have Quebec, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, same thing, um, <laughs> and the Maritimes team. Do you get? Uh, do you get? Surpri- because we were talking before the break, and I didn't know how many leagues there were. I mean, I, I don't. I don't mind saying I was ignorant about it. Do you? Do you get a lot of people, friends, family, coworkers, whoever, surprised? Not only that you guys play football, but Lindsay, the the extent of it from from coast to coast. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of surprising sometimes that people have just not heard about it like yourself like like they're just ignorant about it you know like they just have no idea that there's women's football out there when we've been an established team like I was saying the storm for at least 10 years Mm -hmm. but people still don't know that it's out there because it's just it's a lot more popular down in the United States than it is here in Canada right um and, you know, the nice thing is that it's slowly making its way north. So, I mean, we are getting a little bit more exposure. But, yeah, like, it's just really, really hard to get that exposure. I, I, will, I, I will say this to get back to, to the physicality aspect of it. Is it, um, I, I mean, do you have to ease first-time players in sometimes? Or, or are they just expected to... It depends. You get coached from, like, the bottom up. Like, right. when you come in um, for winter workouts and everything, because we, we work out throughout the year. Oh, so that's when you get... Yeah, okay. so, like, when you have brand new recruits coming in, let's say when we start our gym workouts in January, um, we're actually, like, in a gym, like, going through basic movements, basically going from, this is a football, this is a football field. Like, right. basically, like, literally explaining everything from the ground up so that when we get actually out onto the field and we get pads on, everybody has a very good understanding. Everybody's been taught, you know, the safe to call contact they've been taught how to like move their bodies brace their bodies so that the injuries are very very little all right Lindsay Thoreau, Tanya Henderson in studio. They're with the Edmonton Storm, who play in the Western Women's Canadian Football League. Hey, we got uh, one of their coaches standing by as well. He'll jump in after the break.
This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Adarius Bowman, one of the stars of the week in the Canadian Football League. Six receptions for 141 and three scores in that tense win over an opponent on Friday night. In studio with uh, Edmonton Storm players, that's a team in the Western Women's Canadian Football League. Tanya Henderson's a middle linebacker. Lindsey Thoreau is an offensive lineman. Eric Thoreau is their, uh, their offensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator. Eric, thanks for uh, sitting in the shadows for a while. I wanted <laughs> yeah, to shine the light on the players here. Uh, but you are the recruiting coordinator. Um, you need a lot of players for a football team. That is a challenge that a lot of teams face. High school, men's teams, sometimes even university teams, getting enough players. Uh, it strikes me that there wouldn't be a lot of grassroots female football, you know, players that are playing from 9, 10 on up. Where where do you find players for the Storm? Where does your league get players? Uh, that's a it's a great question to read. It's, it's, it's hard to to focus and, and, and nail down um, a specific place where you'd find uh, females who play football. Um, where we've found success is recruiting multi-sport athletes. Like Tanya said, she played basketball. Um, so we recruit out of different sports. Um, and our recruiter, our best recruiters are sometimes our players because they're also affiliated in other sports, whether it be basketball, uh, rec volleyball. Um, rugby is a big one because obviously, you know, the contact is, is, a, is a big thing for them too. Um, so I guess we kind of, you know, we, we cover... Uh, a lot of different uh, facets of of sports and we try and hit and target multi-sport athletes and try and get them into into football so how how many players on the roster i mean will you carry close to 50 or not that many i i would why are you laughing daniel i would wish (laughs) i wish we had that many i wish we had 50 um right now we've we've actually ranged because we've you know you always start the season with more no matter what what level you're at so at the beginning of this season, I think we started around with like 40-some players, but then we dropped off to about 35. So okay. we kind of hover around that number, and and yeah, it would be really nice to get up to that to that 50 mark for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, uh, but, but obviously there's enough for specialization. Like you don't have to have any players playing both offense and defense. Oh, well, we do, absolutely. We have to. At, in some oh, you stages. do? Yeah, because um, you get... Sometimes you you'll have players in certain positions that don't have a ton of experience, so we don't really want to throw a player in the fire. And, and you're in the heat of a playoff game, and it's just not a good way to um, to bring a player up through the program to to discourage them. So sometimes you, you'll get a veteran to, to go both ways for a little bit, and then as that the you know the rookie player or the first year player gets a little bit more experience, then you can kind of ease them back, and then. Uh, and then put them into the uh, position where they're going to be successful. All right. Uh, Tanya and Lindsay, whoever wants to answer this, uh, I mean, you've both been on the team for several years. What have you noticed in terms of the evolution of the league, whether it's athlete quality or complexity of play calling or, or rivalries or anything like that? What's What stands out? I would say a little bit of everything. Um, definitely since the first year I played the athletic competence has definitely grown a lot more uh there's a lot more people that are coming out that have been athletes in the past there's even even some girls that are coming out that have already played football which is really nice um coaching staff just keeps getting better the league is growing i mean other teams are seeing their bigger numbers uh they're more talented they're better teams overall 
And uh, I find this year even it just seemed like there was a lot more of an even playing field mm. than there has been in the past. That's a, you know what, and that's a good point. And I covered uh, the first year that I always bring up my Lloyd Minster time, but I worked there a while. And, and the Lloyd Minster Vandals joined the Alberta Football League, the, men, the, the men's league. And, yeah, for, I mean, whatever, 35 nothing, And then you saw them develop, and then you see scores around the league. Like, oh, it's not two teams running away with it every year, Lindsay. One thing that I've really noticed, like, in my years of playing is the is the actual play calls, like the, the playbooks that we are given. Um, they seem to have really evolved. Like, I feel like before when it was women's football, it was almost like, well, here's, you know, some plays that we would give to, like, you know, Adam players. Let's throw the football. <laughs> here's another dive yeah, left. Yeah, you know, but, like, now, I mean, we're <laughs> yeah. doing, like, we're doing screens. We're doing, you know, O-line pulls. Like, we're just, we're doing so many more things that when you sit down and you actually watch a football game on TV, I can see aspects of plays that we have run in their plays. And, right. you know, that like, that makes you feel good knowing that these are plays that, um, professionals are pulling off, and you know what? You've done an aspect of that. Like yeah, you've you're done evolving. That. You're not. Yeah. You're not stagnating. Yeah, Everybody's exactly. pushing each other. Uh, Tanya, is that a Dallas Cowboys hat? It absolutely is. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's your favorite uh, football player now or or uh, past? Do you have one? Mm, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite. All right, uh, Lindsay. Do you have a team that you support? Um, I. <laughs> or Eskimos. If uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm a huge Eskimo fan. We were season ticket holders and everything happened for a while. Like, huge football fans. My kids are huge football fans. Um, but my husband and I watch a lot of college football, actually. Um, he's like a big Florida Gators fan. I, Tebow! Yeah, pretty much. Well, he's gone Urban now. Meyer but and <laughs> come, on now. come on. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know. I don't really follow NFL, but if I'm supposed to go for a college team, I'd say I like the Ducks. Oh, Oregon. Yeah. Well, they, those, those wacky she uniforms. Likes, yeah. she's, she likes flashy, right? That's, that's all they are. Right? <laughs> that's all they are. They never oh win anything gosh. important. Uh, <laughs> so do you find yourself, would you go to Eskimos game, or are you just studying the, the old line the whole time, Lindsay? I am, actually, yeah. I A lot of times I'll actually miss what actually happens um, because I'm looking at to see, like, what their chops are, what they're, you know, if they're pulling any of their guards, like, if they're, you know, I'm just looking at different things that I know that I need to work on, looking at what they're doing and kind of just studying it. She critiques there. them all the time. Well, they have a good line this year. They do have a very good and line. And I thought they year. got very white. Nice. They were getting white three, four yards for free a lot of time on, on Friday night. And that's what you need. You just need four yards every time. If your line can give you four yards every time, you're going to get a first yeah, down. Yeah, then you're going get, to get a first down. Yeah. Uh, Tanya, what about you? I mean, do you watch uh, Sherrett or do you watch guys in the NFL linebacker-wise or just watch yourself on film? Uh, no, I definitely I find when I'm watching football, I'm always watching the defensive side of the ball, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't actually wasn't paying attention to where the ball was going. I was just watching what the defensive players were doing. I do that quite a bit. Um, it just helps, like seeing how other people move. You can kind of pick up some different things and see it from a different perspective, which is really nice. All right, we're we're running out of time. Thanks so much for coming in. We'll ha- we'll have to do this uh, do this again. Uh, Tanya, best of luck with uh, with just Team Alberta. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right, and online, how can people find out more? They can go to uh, edmontonstorm.com. Or just Google Edmonton yeah, Storm Football, Google go to the website. Yeah. Follow our Facebook page as well. Um, just type in Edmonton Storm and it'll come up right yeah. away. So you can follow our page and we're always constantly updating it with recruiting information. On, okay, perfect. Things like that. So That is Eric Thoreau, of offensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator for the Storm. Tanya Henderson, middle linebacker. Lindsay Thoreau, 
offensive uh, lineman. They won uh, Alberta this year. You got you to beat those Saskatchewan teams now. We That's will. your next, you next challenges. Chris Jones wasn't coaching them, was he? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh gosh. I wish he was. We could have won. <laughs> thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for tuning into the show tonight. It was a fun one. Uh, you can keep following uh, 630 Chet for the anthem fallout. You also heard from Angela White, Olympic sprinter Bill Shoning, the play-by-play voice for the San Antonio Spurs, Olympic basketball ref Karen Lasuk, Matt Lachlan, W. FAN out of New Jersey. He's the New Jersey Devils play-by-play voice. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer, Bernard Suen. My name is Reed Wilkins. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports tomorrow night from 6 to 9. Kevin Carius from Global Television is going to drop in. Thanks a lot for listening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.